Be holy, for I, Hashem, am holy, by Rav Yair Khan. Part 1, Gathering the Entire Nation B'nai Yisrael arrived at Har Sinai in the third month, Sivan, of the first year, and they set up camp nearby the mountain, and Yisrael camped opposite the mountain. They remained there for almost a year, not leaving until the twentieth of the second month, Iyar, of the second year. During this period, many dramatic events occurred. Ma'amad Har Sinai, Chet HaEgel, the second Luchot, building the Mishkan, and the tragic deaths of Nadav and Abihu. While camped around Har Sinai, there were a number of occasions at which the entire nation, men, women, and children numbering in the millions, was gathered. Ma'amad Har Sinai is referred to as Yom HaKahal, Day of the Community, emphasizing the singularity and uniqueness of occasions when the entire nation was gathered, and inviting us to explain what makes those occasions so special. Parashat Vayakel begins with Moshe gathering the entire nation to command them regarding the construction of the Mishkan. This is especially interesting considering that Hashem did not require that the whole nation be gathered to hear this command. Parashat Truma begins with the standard, And Hashem said to Moshe, saying, Speak to Bnei Yisrael. Why did Moshe insist on gathering the entire people to instruct them about the building of the Mishkan? Perhaps we can explain Moshe's motivation for gathering the entire nation by noting that Parashat Vayakel follows the Chet Egel and the second Luchot, and at this point, it is critical to inform the entire nation that a more complete expiation can be achieved through the Mishkan. This was not necessary at the point of the original instruction to build the Mishkan documented in Parashat Trumah, which, according to the straightforward reading of the Torah, occurred prior to Chet Egel. Another instance of national gathering occurs in the beginning of Parashat Kedoshim, which starts, Speak to the entire community of Bnei Yisrael. Our sages noted that this teaches us that this parasha was given to the nation in its entirety. Speak to the entire community of Bnei Yisrael. This teaches that the parasha was said at Hakel, national gathering. And why was it said at Hakel? Because most of the Torah essentials are based on it. Part 2, Hakel and Yom HaKahal The sages were not explicit regarding which Torah essentials they were referring to, which leaves room for various suggestions on the part of the commentators. One popular explanation is that Parashat Kedoshim contains a restatement of the Ten Commandments. This is the position attributed to Rabbi Levi in the Midrash. This parasha was said with all the people gathered because most Torah essentials are based on it. Rabbi Levi said because the Ten Commandments are included in it. Anochi Hashem Elokecha, the First Commandment. And here it says, Ani Hashem Elokechem. You should not have other gods, the second commandment. And here it says, Do not make a graven image for yourselves. Lotisa, and here it says, Do not take an oath with my name. Zachor, and here it says, And you shall guard my Shabbat. Honor your father and mother. And here it says, A person should fear his mother and father. Do not murder. And here it says, Do not stand on the blood of your fellow. Lotinaf, and here it says, the adulterer and the adulteress should die. Do not steal, and here it says, do not steal. Do not give false testimony, and here it says, lotelech rachil beamecha. Lotachmod, and here it says, and you should love your friend like yourself. If the purpose of this parasha is to reenact Ma'amad Har Sinai, the gathering of the entire nation is clearly appropriate. 
After all, at Har Sinai the Ten Commandments were transmitted to the nation in its entirety. In this sense, Parashat Kedoshim is similar to another occasion at which the entire nation is gathered, the Hakel ceremony. Once every seven years, at the end of Shemitah, the king would gather the people and read from the Torah. In his discussion of this mitzvah, the Rambam writes, Gerim, who are unfamiliar with Hebrew, are obligated to prepare their hearts and hearken, to listen with terror and fear, and tremble with joy, like the day the Torah was given at Sinai. Even great sages who are familiar with the entire Torah are obligated to listen attentively, and one should see himself as if the Torah is being commanded now, and he hears it from the Almighty, for the king is a messenger to make the words of God be heard. Once every seven years, there is a reenactment of Ma'amad Har Sinai. At Hakel, the entire nation is gathered, and the king acts as Hashem's messenger and reads the Torah to all of Israel. We already noted that Ma'amad Har Sinai is referred to as Yom HaKahal, the day of the community, and we have seen that Hakel, which is reminiscent of Ma'amad Har Sinai, requires gathering the entire nation as well. Based on this, we can appreciate Rabbi Levi's assertion that the factor that demanded the gathering of the entire nation for Parashat Kedoshim is the reference to the Ten Commandments. However, it is not at all clear why the commandments are repeated here. Moreover, why is the repeat of the Ten Commandments introduced with the statement, Be holy, for I, Hashem your Lord, am holy? In order to clarify this point, we will briefly discuss the command of Kedoshim Tihiyu, Be holy. Part 3, Kedoshim Tihiyu Rashi comments, Be holy, separate yourself from forbidden relations and from sin. For wherever you find separation from illicit relations, you find Kiddushah. According to Rashi, the command to be holy is connected with the prohibition of forbidden relations mentioned at the end of the previous parasha. The idea of Kiddushah accordingly demands abstinence and control of one's urges and carnal drives. The sacrificial act of submission to the word of God elevates the relationship between man and woman. Instead of defiling oneself through submission to one's lusts and desires, Kiddushah is created and the relations between man and woman are redeemed. As we noted, Rashi's interpretation of the command to be holy relates to the previous parasha, and therefore does not seem to be connected to the repeat of the Ten Commandments that follows, and thus does not seem to be related to the gathering of the entire nation. The Ramban offers a different interpretation of the command to be holy. The Torah warned us with respect to forbidden relations and forbidden foods, but permitted relations between husband and wife and the consumption of meat and wine. Therefore, the hedonist will find room to be lustfully addicted to relations with his wife or many wives, and to be constantly drinking wine, and to be a gluttonous eater of meat, and to speak freely with all forms of profanity, for this is not prohibited explicitly in the Torah. And behold, he will be a sordid person with the sanction of the Torah. Therefore, after specifying absolute prohibitions, Scripture followed with a general command that we abstain from excesses from that which is permitted. Scripture's main intention is to warn us regarding such matters, that we shall be clean and pure and separated from the common people who soil themselves with excesses and disgusting things. According to the Ramban, Kedoshim Tihiyu is an overarching demand that we live a life of Kedushah. The Torah lists numerous laws aimed at that goal, which have objective significance and are binding as a divine imperative. However, there is also a divine agenda beyond the letter of the law, Kedoshim Tihiyu outlines that agenda and demands behavior consistent with it. Could this be a message that justifies gathering the entire nation? The Ramban himself adopts the position of Rabbi Levi. 
he notes that the end of the verse, For I, Hashem, your God, am holy, informs us that we will merit to cleave to him by being holy. He then adds, And this is like the first of the Ten Commandments. Part 4, Kedusha and Tahara It is possible to suggest another interpretation of the command to be holy. Before doing so, let us consider the section at the end of Parashat Kedoshim, where the Torah lists forbidden relations between men and women, Arayot. The list of these relationships appears at the end of Parashat Shmini as well, but there are significant differences between the two lists. The most obvious is that Shmini notes the prohibitions, while Kedoshim lists the punishment. As a rule, punishment cannot be administered by the courts when there is no explicit prohibition, and the Torah must therefore document both. But why was it necessary to introduce a separate prohibition section, instead of listing the prohibitions and punishments together? Closer inspection at these two segments reveal a basic thematic distinction. The Arayot section at the end of Shmini concludes with the following psukim. Do not bring Tum'ah upon yourselves in any of these things, for in all these the nations became Tameh, which I cast out from before you. And the land was made Tameh, therefore I did visit the iniquity upon it, and the land vomited out her inhabitants. Therefore you shall keep my statutes and mine ordinances, and shall not do any of these abominations. For all these abominations have been done by the men of the land that were before you, and the land was made Tameh. The land should not vomit you out when you bring Tumah upon it, as it vomited out the nation that was before you. For whosoever shall do any of these abominations, the souls that do them shall be cut off from among their people. Therefore you shall keep my charge, that you do not do any of these abominable customs, which were done before you, and that you should not bring Tumah upon yourselves through them. I am Hashem your God. The conclusion of Shmini is mirrored at the end of Kedoshim. You shall therefore keep all my statutes and all my ordinances, and do them, that the land where I bring you to dwell therein should not vomit you out. And you shall not go according to the customs of the nation which I am casting out before you, for they did all these things, and therefore I abhorred them. But I have said to you, You shall inherit their land, and I will give it to you to possess it, a land flowing with milk and honey. I am Hashem your God, who has set you apart from the peoples. You shall therefore separate between the clean beast and the unclean, and between the unclean fowl and the clean. And you shall not make your souls detestable by beast or by fowl, or by anything that crawls on the ground, which I have set apart for you to hold unclean. And you shall be holy unto me, for I, Hashem, am holy, and have set you apart from the peoples, that you should be mine. There is a great deal of similarity between these sections. Both call for keeping Hashem's statutes and ordinances, both negate the abhorrent behavior of the nations that lived in our land before us, and both warn that if we act like those nations, the land will vomit us out. Upon noting the similarities, the thematic distinction between these two segments comes into sharper focus. In Parashat Shmini, the major focus is Tum'ah. The previous nations were expelled from the land because they made themselves and the land Tameh, and we must therefore abstain from these abominations, so that we do not become Tameh and make the land Tameh. In Parashat Kiyoshim, this theme is totally absent. In its place, the Torah stresses separation and Kedushah. We are commanded to be Kadosh, sacred, separated from secular and the mundane. We must be distinct from the other nations in order to achieve Kedushah. Tum'ah is something negative. Tahara, the opposite of Tum'ah, denotes cleanliness and purity, insofar as there is nothing Tameh. It is the lack of something negative. Kedushah, on the other hand, is a positive quality. Chol, the opposite of Kadosh, means secular or regular, the lack of Kedushah.
at the end of Parashat Shmini, the Torah warns Yisrael not to defile themselves in the land through forbidden relations. However, at the beginning of Parashat Kedoshim, we are introduced to the call to sanctity ourselves and to be Kedoshim. In order to accomplish this, we must separate ourselves from the nations that surround us. We must march on a singular covenantal path in order to live up to the vision of a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. The list of forbidden relations are repeated, but from a different perspective, the perspective of Kedoshim Tihiyu. We must live a life of sanctity, separate from the other nations. Failure in this area will lead to the secularization of the nation and its desecration. Perhaps this is also the reason for the repetition of the Ten Commandments in Parashat Kedoshim. The entire nation is gathered in order to receive the charge of Kedoshim Tihiyu. This charge is not only a local mitzvah, but a perspective that affects all mitzvot. The mitzvot have their own rationales, but they are also all part of the covenantal order that consecrates Israel, separates them from the other nations, and leads to the realization of the vision to become a kingdom of priests and a holy nation.